0: Welcome to the Root Issues Podcast, where we're gathering around the table to bridge the generational gap and discuss the root issues of our culture. My name is Chris Henderson, and I am here today with Steve Woodrow, and Brian Matthew is on the road. We won't be tuning in with Brian today. We do have the opportunity to take phone calls, but Brian is having a wonderful time in Minnesota with his family. Why you keep pointing at the board, Steve? Is the Do we hit the record button? Well, of course I hit the record button. Okay, great. Yeah, just that's great. Sure. Yeah, No, I mean, I can do this without <laughs> Brian. I can do this without Brian. We're not going to have two takes. Well, hey, we're picking up off of yesterday's message, which was out of Revelation chapter 3, and we were looking at yes. the church of Philadelphia. I'm just going to ask Steve to kind of recap some of that as we jump in and look at the generational differences and how the different generations are maybe processing some of this stuff in the sure. book of Revelation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just for a little midweek jolt, um, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, we looked at the Church of Philadelphia, the message, as we're moving through uh, the book of Revelation, and we looked at this idea of open heaven, open doors, that Jesus has um, opened heaven to us, right? This is the gospel, message. this is the profound work he did as a result of the cross and the resurrection. Uh, the veil's been torn, our axe This is open, right, to God, uh, not through religion or all all the things that we see in the Old Testament, but um, we have this access that we can run up into his lap as such, right? Hebrews says, run, right, come uh, boldly to his throne of grace. And uh, because of that, is that there's this idea we see in scripture of open doors that God wants to open doors for us. And oftentimes we've taken that kind of very selfishly, right, in the sense of a a door for vocation, a door for this. And yes, God does lead in those things. We need to lean in onto him. Uh, However, in the scripture, the idea of an open door primarily is an opportunity for ministry, is that God wants us to be focused. He calls us to be witnesses, right, ultimately for him. And this letter to the uh, church in Philadelphia is... Uh, primarily about a witness it's this uh, it, it, everything kind of ties back to their faithfulness or god opening this new door for them because they'd had a really rough uh, not seen much fruit as we'll see so let me just read the text for us yep. and then we can dive in here this is uh revelation chapter 3 i'm starting at verse 7 uh the message to the church of philadelphia and jesus says and to the angel of the church in philadelphia write the words of the holy one the true one who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one opens. I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door, which no one is able to shut. I know that you have but little power, and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Behold, I'll make those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not, but lie. Behold, I'll make them come and bow down before your feet, and they will learn that I've loved you. Because you've kept my word about patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. I'm coming soon, hold fast what you have, so that no one may seize your crown. The one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Never shall he go out of it. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from God out of heaven and my own new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches.
0: Awesome. yeah, Awesome. And so when I think about that, like one of the first questions that you kicked off with yesterday was, what was happening in your life when the Holy Spirit was starting to stir, when there was movement in you? And so when we look at this, you know, Revelation 3, we're looking at that witness aspect. And so the witness aspect, I would say, is like a personal, personal view from me. Like, how do I witness Jesus is going to be different than the way Steve witnesses Jesus because right. his life is different. And then when I look at it generationally, I almost crack up because it was always like almost like an uncanned fear of mine. Like when I started having children, like, you know, when would they accept Jesus? When would they have their story start with Jesus? And. In my mind, I saw my own witness and it was a many years of rebellion through high school and and dismay and then not really coming to Jesus till I was 23. And so I'm like, oh, you know, that's beautiful because I have this story. I have this witness that tells my past to my transformation. But yet every one of my children have accepted Jesus at a young age. And so it's like I'm like. That question, like, hey, what was stirring in your heart when you were four, Ambler? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if she can remember what she was was feeling and what she was stirring. And so, you know, I've struggled with it. Sure. You know, like, what is their witness and Mm -hmm. how do I process that? And so everybody has a witness. And so it's like, when you look at the Church of Philadelphia, you know, they had a witness. Mm -hmm. But what was that witness? And then when we look Mm -hmm. at it generationally from church Mm -hmm. kids who have accepted Christ early, to now, yeah. you know, maybe high school students who are coming sharp sure. our groups, right. they have a different witness. Right, yeah, I think it's an important you know, question. Uh,
1: you know, we kind of talked a little bit on Sunday, just, you know, thinking, trying to get all of us to think about how, what did that look like when our heart first started stirring for God and and then to think about who are the influences, who are the people sharing Jesus, you know, and, and talking to us about God, trying to stir that, that hunger in our soul. And, uh, it, and we, what we all can say is is we all had people pray for us, even yeah. if we didn't know, you know, who they were. Now, I, I think I came to faith at a young age, um, but I was old enough to, you know, to remember what was going on and to know the influences in my life and to feel this, this inner illumination, this pulling towards God, uh, you know that it was God's work, and it was a result of prayer and uh, other people being faithful in bringing a witness, right, to me. Um, I I do think it's a challenge for kids who grow up in the church, who make a decision early on where they can't remember what that was, except they made an absolute, let's not
0: water that down. That's a
1: genuine profession of faith, right, if they understand uh, Jesus. But I think it's important to walk with them and disciple them uh, to hold on to the blessing of that's how it should happen. right? We see in the scripture, especially in uh, the book of Acts, that when typically the father and the mother came to faith, the entire family came to faith. Yeah. There was That's how it should actually happen. And it happens in the majority of the world. It's just kind of in our independent West that we have these individual stories yeah. rather than a more of a corporate story. And so the blessing of growing up in a Christian family and, and, and knowing Jesus early is huge. And uh, uh, I do think that the discipleship, that someone, this is what's important, I think, about walking with Jesus is Mm -hmm. that somebody helps us walk, right, and flesh that out. In other words, what was going on when I was young and what does it mean and who was praying for me and uh, that we understand, we really process uh, how salvation works and and that it wasn't
0: just some, you know, cute little prayer I prayed, but there was a radical life. I mean, yeah, that whole transformation aspect. And I mean, I can see it in my children's lives as they continue to grow. I'm, I'm like blessed and encouraged because I thought it would be so much harder to disciple a kid who accepted Christ at an early age because then they kind of just live with, well, I've done what I needed to do. I've crossed the finish line. But yet they continue to make good choices and they continue to kind of want to grow in sure. knowledge of God right. and an experience of God to add that to their testimony. Yeah,
1: and I think this is what's important in discipleship is that if someone does make a decision early on and let's say they do have the blessing of being in church and around good discipleship and the things early on. That if they do start to kind of wander a yeah. little bit, is th- it's up to us to call them back to, yeah. hey, do, do you know what Christ did in your life? And do yeah. you know what the cost of that is? Do you yeah. know what that really means to be saved and mm-hmm. to follow Christ and and his desire, expectation in our lives that we're to be his witnesses, mm-hmm. right? That's yeah. the command, Acts 1-8 as well as others. Um so uh i think we're constantly in discipleship coming back to that remember paul kept coming back to what what remembering what christ radically met him in his life and transformed his life Mm -hmm. and and that was the foundation of his his calling his purpose and his witness right to the
0: gentiles totally totally and so on that i want to just kind of shift over and just look at this you know because we always talk about it i've been i've been working here for a good, little, good while. We talk about discipleship. I've seen it wheel around and wheel around, and it's always been like the center piece of what Crossroads wants to do, yeah. you know, is seek to grow disciples. But yet, it is really hard to define the word discipleship. And then, you know, so I'm gonna throw out like my definition that I've been operating on and see like what you would say to that definition. But when I think about discipleship, one of the things I think our culture has done, and it's very, very, very heavy in the Gen Z movement. Gen Z are knowledge people, Mm -hmm. they're fact checkers. I've had kids Mm -hmm. while I'm teaching in middle school, fact check me on their phone, you know, and then want to counter counter what I said because of some fact they found on Wikipedia. And I'm like, well, you can't trust that source. It's funny. And so just for
1: clarification, <laughs> yeah. how would, uh, uh, for us old folks, Gen Z would be what age? Oh, Gen group, Z. Gen
0: Z is pretty much like anything in like, you know, first grade now, probably to, you know, I think they're probably freshmen in college, okay. that time period. Okay. And so anywhere from like born, I, I can't remember the exact dates, but there's like a period of, I can tell you this, this I do know, like Gen Z has no memory of 9-11. Yeah. Nobody in Gen Z was alive when 9-11 happened. Um, Gerald Ford and Ronald Reagan are as distant memories to them as Abraham Lincoln because okay. they don't have any context. Gen Z's were born in the period where Obama was our first African-American so president. So they came after millennials. They came after millennials. And so Gen Z is kind of that younger group yep. You know that all of my children fit into. But they are fact-checkers. They are knowledge. And so when you use the word discipleship with them, they immediately default, default mm-hmm. to knowledge. Yep. They want to gain more knowledge. And I think some of that is to our fault, too. As the older generation, we have become so enamored with knowledge and studying God's word and knowing about the Greek and the Hebrew. And those things are all good, but we haven't shown them the experience. And so one of the things that we've included in our family ethos, our family, you know, crest is that, you know, we talk about what God has done in our family Mm -hmm. and we remind each other. Yeah. And then, you know, every now and then, like a new story comes up and the kids will be like, why have you never told us? And I'm like, well, I just did, you know, but it's like I was keeping a secret of our experiences as a family, because I think for me, discipleship needs to be knowledge leading to experience Mm -hmm. as you learn more about God. And so Mm -hmm. if you're discipling somebody, you want to make sure they have the knowledge that can lead them to a healthy, experiencing God, experiencing his presence, experiencing his power, knowing how to depend on his promises. Sure. And so what would you say is the overarching definition of Mm -hmm. discipleship in your view? Yeah, it's a great question. and uh, Because I think
1: uh, our our problem, I think one of our problems uh, as a church today is that we've kind of broadened that discipleship term out so broad that we don't really have a target, what we're shooting yeah. for. Uh, I think scripturally, uh, the discipleship, disciple, uh, uh, the, the word in, in the Greek, it just simply means uh, learner, actually. Uh-huh. But how it's fleshed out in scripture is is what Jesus did with the 12. Yeah. So if I had to just give a very simple definition of discipleship, it's, it's doing what Jesus did with the 12. Yeah. That's either being discipled, but we're disciples so we can make disciples. Because yeah. the Great Commission is go make disciples. In other yeah. words, Jesus is saying to the 12, go do what I did with you. Yeah. And so it's pretty much that simple. And what did you do with it? Was to go make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teach them everything, right, that yeah. I taught you and go do that among all the nations as starting at home, right? Yeah. And uh, so I think that's the context is that transformation happens in these smaller groups where we are centered around the primary issue of, of encouraging each other to follow Jesus deeply, learning his knowledge or the knowledge of the word of God and putting it into practice. Right, and seeing as Paul said, right, with the Galatians is that uh, he labored with the Galatians until Christ was formed in them. Now, back to our text here this morning in Philadelphia. Yeah, you know Jesus tells them that uh, that they uh, that they have um, kept his word and that they have not denied his name, um, and he also said they had little power. Uh, and that word, as we talked about on Sunday, is actually dunamis, same word used in Acts, when the Holy Spirit fell. So, uh, basically, Jesus said, look, I've opened a door wide for you, church. Um, though you have little power, though you've seen little powerful uh, um, discipleship e- e- moving out to evangelism, right, where they've seen a lot of these folks in Philadelphia, uh, you know, fall down and worship Jesus. Yeah. Uh, but you have been faithful in keeping my word and not forsaking my name. And uh, uh, I, I think that in, in, in this open door we can talk about, but it, it's yeah. beautiful because it goes on to say that you're getting ready to see. Yeah. Right? I'm going to open this door. I'm going to bring dunamis. I'm going to stir people's hearts. And and because of your faithfulness. And this just shows us that, you know, there's, there's seasons of just sowing. There's not much reaping. Yeah. Right. And we see this. And, uh, but we always should be ready, always should be discipling, always should be expectant and ready to be a witness, because that's the command of sharing our faith, mm-hmm. um, and, and uh, which means keeping his word, as you said. Um, and I think one of the things we're talking about on Sunday that might be helpful to people is, uh, what does it mean to keep his word? Yeah. So this would be the context of discipleship, which is uh, studying his word, knowing his word, and and. But as a, this, a someone walking with in your situation yeah. with Gen Z or Millennials, yeah. is hey w- really going always wrestling with why are we studying the world? Why am I gain? Why do yeah. I want I want biblical knowledge just so I can have the facts? Just yeah. so I can like you know fact check you? No, the question the motivation must be. Uh, we want to know the Word of God so we can know Him, yeah. because this is how we journey into the experience of real relationship with God is by putting His Word right on our heart, and we He reveals Himself to us through His Word. The next part of that is is listening to the Word so that we can follow Him, and, and someone has to teach us how to listen. We're not good listeners, right? Yeah. And then uh, we listen, so we can hear Him speak to us. And here's the experience: stepping out in faith to follow Christ mm-hmm. in all areas of my life. And the third movement there is we obey, learning to obey it. And that gets tough, right? It's yeah. The sanctification as we lay our flesh down. And what's the motive? Why do I want to obey God? And someone has to. We have to wrestle with each other and get very vulnerable with each other on this issue. Uh, it's because we want to please God. That's what should the fruit that it should become. Yeah. That's the experience of of why I obey, because ultimately I want to please God. And that's where real deliverance comes. Yeah, like That's when we start to change our motivation. We see the Spirit of God changing us and working with each other on this. Now we see transformation. Now we see my heart, my motives. I want to know the Word because I want to know Him. Yeah. I want to listen because I want to follow Him. I genuinely want to be a disciple. I want to follow Jesus very personally, intimately, and I want to obey it even if uh, I don't like it. I, I want to obey it because ultimately yeah. I want to please Him yeah. more than myself or anyone else. I want to please God. Now yeah. that is the heart work that is needs to be done in a, in, in discipleship too, where yeah. right? I have Christ formed in us that we might walk with Him ultimately. So,
0: I mean, yeah, I, I, that is so like spot on. And when I look at that, I was looking back at my notes from the message yesterday, and it was one of the concepts of shifting our kingdom view from our kingdom right. to his kingdom, right. you know, to where the open door isn't just for our things and for our questions and for our needs, right. but that we shift it over into a kingdom view. And then the experience comes from having a view that is, you know, seeking to please God, seeking to want him to be honored in our lives, then that transpires out to other people yep. so that they can see what it means to follow christ and i mean one of the things that I, I was waiting for you to go there all day yesterday but yep. it was mark chapter 5 19 through 20 and it's the man of the tombs yeah, perfect. he you know is completely a, 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 he's consumed right. by the demons yeah and jesus removes them from him sends them to the pigs and then yep. he's made right and whole yep. And he wants to get in the boat and go with Jesus. And Jesus looks at him like, what are you doing? No, you go back and tell everyone Mm -hmm. what I did for you. And when we think about like ministry training and we think about the knowledge we think we have, I think Gen Z really a lot of times and even older people, they feel like they need more knowledge to do anything in the kingdom. They don't feel equipped enough. But yet here's a man who has one incredible experience with Jesus, and he is made completely equipped Mm -hmm. to go back and tell the story Mm -hmm. of what Jesus did for him. And it totally changed that region for the next time when Jesus came back. and They were so receptive to him. And so Mm -hmm. I I think there's that lie that disqualifies us on knowledge Mm -hmm. that and experience doesn't surpass
1: knowledge well and it raises the issue of, of again like you said at the beginning of what is our testimony yeah what it what has jesus done for me and when he says we're to be our his witnesses that's where we start and yeah. so like this story in mark 5 is beautiful because he knew nothing yeah. right except what jesus did which was radically radically deliver and transform his life mm-hmm. right and uh and jesus wanted the power of that testament go and tell your town, right? What what God has done for you? Because yeah. He was a different man, mm-hmm. and that's challenging for us. Is are we a different person because of our testimony? Yeah. Do people see us differently, right? It, that we have to wrestle with that in our discipleship, right? And uh, so, yeah, it's a beautiful idea of uh, of the power of testimony that we we all have a story of what yeah. Jesus has done for us, and and we need to work that out though. I think in discipleship, really yeah, flesh that down to as I said earlier, down to our motives and, yeah. and truly being rooted in that. And I think a lot of people, they might have an experience, they go to church they might say a prayer or something or always be in church. But if no one, again, without discipleship and without someone walking with them deeply and, and fleshing that story out, what Christ has done and and, and encouraging them to step out and, and share, uh, we get stuck. And yeah. I think that's where we, I think we're seeing that today with a lot yeah. of people disillusioned, don't see the reality of God in their life. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, Uh, Because they haven't had, I think, that intimate discipleship experience.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I think the discipleship experience can take us to a greater experience of experiencing God. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's easy to sit back and then kind of question why you don't have what you're seeking, why you feel like life is so overbearing and Mm -hmm. pressing down. But when you're in discipleship, you have that Hebrews encouragement. You know, you're getting that from a person. Right. To experience more of God, to not just seek knowledge, but to seek that he is fulfilling. And then when you look back at the things that he has done, it just boosts your confidence to believe for more so that you can be a witness in the kingdom. Yeah, it's great. That's great and we are just about out of time here yeah. and so any last things that you would want to yeah, throw out there
1: I just want to end with I didn't share this on Sunday but this is such a great quote by um, Dallas Willard and uh, I, I just want to maybe my last statement is just really encourage uh, folks who are disillusioned out there or just listening it just uh, they, they don't they're, they're struggling with that personal testimony yeah. and struggling about <laughs> where, where God is really in their life and um, and this is a, a strong statement that Willard says, but I, I think it, it speaks to one of the problems we have uh, today. And and he says this uh, with all the language out there today that is, we, we see people are, are saying, well, this just isn't working. Yeah. Right? Is oh, yeah. It, I don't see the transformation of my life, and um, I don't see the, the promises of God in my life. And yeah. Willard says this to that if it doesn't work at all, in other words, the Christian life, or only in fits and starts, that is because we do not give ourselves to it, to Jesus, in a way that allows our lives to be taken over by it, Mm -hmm. by Christ. And so uh, I think that's the real problem, right? Is that we've, we need to wrestle with, well, am I giving myself to Christ and his word in Mm -hmm. the way that is required for me yeah, to live this life, totally. right? Or do I want Jesus to come to my agenda, right? And, and meet me, right, in, in, in how I want this to look. Yeah. And uh, this is all about if, if Jesus' call, right? Come and deny yourself, pick up your cross, come yeah. and, and follow me, and he is there. But this is, I think, our, the witnesses, uh, the important witness is that we're there, right, to step into people's lives and help them, walk, help them in this journey of their right. soul and connecting them on this journey of following Christ, mm-hmm. right? And and wrestling with our motives and our desires. So yeah. uh, I think that that's it. And and, uh, uh, and part of that is, is boy, and I think I said this on Sunday, is if, if we're not actively witnessing or praying that God would give us opportunity, that boy, the fire dims quickly, oh, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. and, uh, and so we just see the truth of that's what Jesus calls us to, right? Yeah. And so if we're not going to... Be a witness then you know we can't expect a vibrant
0: spiritual life yeah. christian life following christ yeah and so for that i would say i loved your reading of psalm 84 at the end of the message and yeah. i mean i would encourage you that's one of my favorite psalms in the sense of it just draws me into his presence and into his experience and so if you feel like you're in an absence of the experience of god i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you like if you're listening to this you probably have more knowledge than you need To be a witness for God, (laughs) you know, and so maybe just kind of focus in on like Psalm 84, reading that each morning and just asking God to show him in your life and experiencing him personally, just being in that hunger for him, which will increase your wisdom and increase your experience for him. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today on Root Issues. Thanks so much for tuning in on your weekly jolt, and we'll see you next week.